0: up, guys, and welcome to another episode of Guarani Vision, the first ever podcast dedicated to Paraguayan football in English. As always, I'm Roberto Rojas, and joining me are my two great co hosts, Maria Britos and Ralph Hanna. And guys, here we are, it is the end of the month. Can you believe it's already going to be July? I feel like the summer just started. Well, it technically has officially, but it's just been flowing by so fast. And, you know, I, I think obviously we're big in the soccer world, we're always being involved with like what's going on in the transfer window. We're trying to figure out what's going to happen to, like, you know, Kylian Mbappe or Declan Rice, you know, those type of players. But here in, in Paraguay, we're still full on uh, with what's been going on in a continental standpoint. They got the Libertadores and in the Sudamericana. Today is the final match week of the group stage for both the competitions. And still, we got four Paraguayan teams still fighting it out for Spots in the round of 16. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. We're also going to be talking about what happened in the friendly, the friendly against Nicaragua at the Defensor de Chaco a couple of weeks ago, where they won 2-0 on the day. We'll talk about what this means now for them and obviously the qualifiers happening for the next World Cup, hard to believe. Like in this time, in about three years, the World Cup will be happening here in the United States. Let's hope that Paraguay can indeed make it to uh, here to to play in it and be back at a World Cup after so long. But it's good to hear from both you guys. It's been a while since we both had uh, you guys on. Obviously, we it's, we have we don't have Fede here today because he's been busy with work. But nevertheless, let's go to oh, let's do ladies first here as well. Let's go to South Beach though to to uh to maria Britos because you know certainly it's it's going to be an interesting summer i would say and of course i think one of the things that i'm sure for you like we'll we'll go into paraguay in just a bit but i wonder how crazy it's going to be for you with lino messi coming to mls because that's going to be insane and you know here we we're going to be hopefully be able to get the chance to see him in one of these games wherever they may be in the country but i'd imagine for you maria it's just going to be insane to see someone of that stature and caliber come to come to Miami to, to play ball.
1: That's right, Roberto. It's been a crazy couple of weeks here in Miami. Um, and I want to say hello again to everyone. Um, you know, with Messi coming here, I think it was sort of expected, but also unexpected. Um, it's, it, it, it was kind of weird and, and, and definitely a surprise, I want to say, for a lot of people because we didn't really expect for him to come here so fast. But, um, you know, uh, I'll have him play down the street because I literally live on Commercial Boulevard. So I'll be seeing him pretty soon, hopefully. Um, you know, I'll pass by and have some mate with him. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, a, I, I, it's you know, I think it's one of those things that you kind of don't believe it until you see it. Um, You know, with the stadium as well, they're doing some renovations and um, trying to get as much, uh, as many people as possible to come see him because, you know, the ticket prices have gone up like an insane amount of price. And and it's just been, you know, a messy mania uh, here in Miami. Um, And I told Ralph, I was like, you left at the wrong time. (laughs) you know uh, to texas so it's gonna be a a fun exciting time i believe he's due to um to come up and play in july 21st i believe so um we'll see maybe um i'll get to go see him i don't know yet those tickets are way too expensive for me but maybe i'll I'll sneak in somehow
0: (laughs) yeah honestly like i i um I don't envy you for one bit. If you do indeed have Messi as a neighbor, if you just see him pop up and, and be able to share them that'd be the biggest flex of them all, honestly. So no, no, um, no jealousy on that end. And yeah, no, trust me. I, I tried to snatch some tickets, like literally like when the rumors started to come out, uh, I was like, yeah, I need to find out like when inner Miami are playing close by. And thankfully they play a game in Harrison, New Jersey against the Red Bull, which might be an interesting case. And, 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 um, for us as Paraguayans, because obviously, you know, here we are speaking, you know, right now, right before the start of the qualifiers, and one of the goalkeepers for the New York Red Bull, a guy named Carlos Coronel, he's he's Brazilian at birth, but his parents are Paraguayan, and just a few days ago, right when he, uh, right before the friendly against Nicaragua, he just got citizenship, so that could be someone where, in a case of a Paraguayans, you know, abroad, taking on the little Messi, and hopefully it'd be a a good test for him before if he does get called up by Guillermo Arscaldo for the for the qualifiers. So, yeah, and I was, I was so glad I got it for cheap. I think I got like for like $60 or something and now they skyrocketed up to like $200, $300 for like nosebleed. So, I uh definitely got a a good bargain there, but let's go to, to Ralph on this one uh over there in Houston. Well, hopefully you won't get the chance to see Messi this season, but maybe next season if prices are reasonable enough is uh, enough to to get it, but here we are in, in really a, a crucial... Weekend. We'll get started on our conversation with the the Jorges and the Su americana because certainly, obviously, we'll, we'll speak about Olimpia first, because they're in a position, like you said, they're already qualified. They they kind of already assured their qualification the other day against Atlético Nacional, winning 3-0. They play at home again to a Melgar side who you know only just won one game, one win, one draw, and three losses. So for them they're in a situation where they need to get whatever type of result to go for the Suomenicana. But for Olympia's case, I think for, it doesn't matter where they stay because certainly they're already qualified and it won't matter like that they have to face a certain team or whatnot. But I think in terms of morale, and I'd love to get Maria's uh, opinion in just a bit, like they want to get off to a, to a win there, especially at home playing at Para Uno, you know, they, they weren't able to, to play at the, um, for uno so far the season of the year Award is so the first time that you know you'll get a a real home support a full crowd all crowded up there. I think for them to get that would be uh, a huge morale boost for them and and what they can do in the in the next round.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's right, Roberto. Hi, everybody from from a very hot Texas. Uh, saying earlier off camera, like I feel I'm in Paraguay again. It's quite nice to, <laughs> sometimes to to have that nostalgia. And it's actually quite warm in, in Paraguay, They, although they're in winter. They have something called the San Juan Summer, which is very typical around this time of year. And, and they had it, so it's still going to be like 25, 26 Celsius. It's going to be a nice evening for, for people to go down and, and watch this Olympia team. And, and like you say, with the pressure off, knowing they're already qualified, they have a home game against who's been the weakest side in the group, well, along with Patronato, they're, they're both kind of fighting out for that wooden spoon. But it's, it's a really great chance for Olympia. I mean, um, we saw some good news for in, in the week for them that Delis Gonzalez is back in training. He's Of course, he's not ready for, for this game, but it makes you think that he could be ready for that last 16, which is a huge boost to them because they, they've really missed him. Uh, so they, they go into this, yeah, without too much pressure. I think they're definitely going to look for the, for the win There's, we were talking about it too, there's maybe not this huge advantage of finishing first like we've seen in previous years, but it's still that morale booster like you're talking about, Roberto. And and it's also, I mean, something to keep them almost ticking over because it's it's a strange, this is a really strange week in Paraguayan football because the the league has finished. This should be your break. This should be your off season before the the second half of the, the year starts with the Clausura. But because of this week of matches for these teams involved, they they basically haven't had and and those somewhere on international duty they just haven't had a break and so they've been going straight through and so I think what you want to do is well if you're having to work so hard when everybody else is time off what you want to be doing is is at least winning those games um, so yeah it's, it's a great chance for Olympia I think just to to keep ticking over like we say keep keep things going well but really they've got their eyes on what's coming next in the last sixteen and of course the start of the the Clausura which is something that. I think with Dennis González coming back, they're going to feel they could they could win.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely um, a weird week for everyone, uh, you know, playing and, and participating in the Libertadores, and and for the, for Olympia, it's it's one of those um, um, one of those chances that they have that you know with like you said, Ralph now playing in in the Apertura. And, and still, you know, kind of just focusing on 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 the Libertadores, you know, that, that this is their only chance, their only option. And like I said, or, um, in, in other episodes, um, they weren't able to to get the the apertura, you know, they weren't able to focus on that because they, I think that they really were, uh, trying to get into the Libertadores and and go into a further stage into the Libertadores than than previously. Um, you know, it's been a while for them that they've been getting um this far along. So um just focusing on on this uh goal, Libertadores, is, you know, um it's huge. And we all know how difficult it is to play in this international um competition. So um yeah, I, I just I hope that they continue to stay focused and, and not lose sight of what they really want to uh achieve in the Libertadores. Um they are doing it comfortably, I think, so far, and um, you know, maybe next, uh, you know, hopefully, next uh, 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 stage will be just as good as this one. But we all know that it gets harder as you go up. Um, but Olympia, I think that they are focused and and they want to uh, they want to win this. They want to to give you know the fans something to 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 celebrate, uh, you know, they haven't done so in a while. And, you know, they couldn't get, like I said, deliver the de, de apertura, but now they want to do this. And um, I just hope that, you know, that, that they get this chance and, you know, don't get surprised by Melgar either because it could happen that that they could get surprised. But, you know, like we said, they could pass with a uh, draw. So as long as they can get a draw and hopefully a win, they'll be good. <laughs>
0: They will be good regardless of obviously qualifying them, but of course it won't matter because obviously depending on what happens in the next stage, they could face really tough teams, be it from Argentina or Brazil. So I think, like I said, kind of getting that win, you know, they're still unbeaten. Remember they they played five games, three wins, two draws. So they're they're still, they kind of want to continue that streak. And I think for them to to play it at home against the side that maybe isn't the strongest in Melgar, I think it would help them, you know, get a big morale boost. And of course, you know, helps them for the for the Clausura as well. You know, certainly they don't have to play the Libertadores until August, so they'll get like a month—not say break, but at least like they'll focus on one competition, uh, like the uh, like a, the Clausura come next month. So it will kind of ease off a bit of the pressure for them to to really just focus on. And like you like Ralph said, to get there is Gonzalez back, so that's a that's a huge plus for them. And and you know, depending on who they face in the next stage, it could be a a real X factor for him. Uh, come in the uh, latter stages, but let's go into what's been going on with the other two teams who still have to fight for a spot. The first one is Libertad, who currently are sitting with six points in third place, three points behind Atletico Mineiro, who are in the um, in second place, and leaders at Atletico Bayonet with 10. Obviously, behind them is Alianza Lima, and the team that they do have to face is Atletico Mineiro. Again, another team playing at home as well. I think Ralph, going to you, because it's it's really a difficult task for them. And, and for Garnedo, everyone has kind of said that, you know, if he's going to do it in the big games, it's now. And it's he hasn't done it. And, you know, that's my fear. Libertad haven't had a, a really good record. They lost both their games at home to uh, away teams. They lost to Alianza Lima. They lost to Adelico Payana. And say all within goals in the second half. I mean, I, I think I'm really fearful. I'm really fearful that they they really can't get the result that they need. I mean, yeah, they, they might have enough to assuming that uh, that the Ufana-NC can do the job in um in what's it called in in Curitiba against Alianza Lima. I think you know even for Libertad's case, technically, even if they do lose, they're still being in a position to qualify to the um to the Americana. But even then, it, 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 this team, as good as they were in the in the um. In the Apertura, I just, I don't see how they can just maintain that form come if they do play in the Suomenicana or even if the God forbid the Lirta Like, I just, I don't see how it's going to work well for them in the latter stages.
2: Well, this is a good test because essentially tonight's game, as as we go into recording, is the, it's like you're playing the second leg of a knockout because they don't just have to win against Mineiro. They have to win by two goals because... They because of goal difference in the uh, in the standing. So this is almost like as if you've lost the the first leg away and you've come back home and you have to win by two goals to go through. So so he is the test I think for Ganero. um What we've seen in the... what we often see in the past is yes, like you were saying, he he kind of fails those tests because they can't quite get the mix right. Sometimes they go they've gone too attacking and and leave themselves exposed. Um, and that's maybe what we might start to see today. So so what I'm understanding from the lineup, you're going to have uh, you're, the front three as normal, which is Enzo Gonzalez, Tito Villalba, and actually Roque Cruz is, is maybe going to start. But then in midfield, he's he's basically going to go with Gomez, Abri and Riveros. So apart from Riveros, you don't really have somebody holding. So it becomes a very attacking lineup it looks like espinosa will play left back espinosa is like a really attacking left back so he it looks like he's going to try and go all out knowing that they have to score two goals but what we've seen in the past is have they been able to manage that correctly you would hate for a situation where they do get the two goals but then they concede later on or something which which would be a real a real killer so We'll have to see. What we know about Libertad is they have the the talent. Some of those players we just mentioned, right? Like like Tito Villalba is one of the best players in in South America at the moment. Um, you have Enzo Gonzalez is this really exciting young player. Um, obviously, there's going to be comparisons with Julian Cesar. I don't think it's quite the same. It's slightly different, but he looks like. For me, it looks like a very similar version of someone like Mati Segovia, who's doing really well there in Brazil, who's at Guarani, a very, very similar kind of body shape and, and both, both use their left foot a lot, that kind of thing. So they have these really talented players. You have Roque with all his experience, Christian Riveros with all his experience in goal. You have Martin Silva. So that's three players that are over 40 years old. So they have this, this kind of great core of experience, but then the talent, and so when you put it all together, it's a team that that runs away with the league, like you talked about the Apertura, because at a Paraguayan level they're just so good. But it does mean that on any given day they can beat the the Brazilian sides. They actually beat Atlético Mineiro away, right? So we know they have it in their in their kind of locker that they can do this. The the real test, I think, though, is that kind of game management, especially I'm thinking from 60 minutes onwards, like what's going to happen because. What we've seen sometimes in Libertad is that, as uh, as the the coach or the opponent coach kind of changes something, are they able to adapt to that change? And you usually see that around the sixty-minute mark. So, it, it's a big test. I, like I say, I think on paper they can do it. They have the talent. They have the quality. Whether it plays out their way, I'm I'm a bit reluctant to say it will.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, Maria, just on that as well, I mean, do you have any confidence in them? And and obviously we'll go into Cedro as well because they're, they're another side that, I mean, for them, it's even a worse situation because at least for Cedro's case, they're, I mean, for Libertad's case, they're still in a position where technically they could still make it, even if they lose. But for Cedro, they have to go away to Barcelona, go all the way to Guayaquil and, and get a result and win. That's it. And And, you know, here we are speaking on the day that uh, apparently Cecilio Dominguez is coming in to, to Cerro Porteño, a, a player that used to play there, it was kind of a, a cult hero in a way, and, and was able to do well before going off abroad to Mexico, to, to Argentina, and into MLS, but has that controversy with him as well. I mean, if that's not the big morale boost that you want for a side that wants to play in further competitions, I, I, I don't know what's next for them as well, honestly.
1: Yeah, with uh with the Libertad case, um I think that they um that they, got, they had, you know, a goal in mind. I think it was Apertura, which um uh they did win. And um now with the Libertadores, you know, they they are I believe goal difference away from probably um you know uh qualifying. So it's it's really uh, one of those mathematically uh, miracles, ma- mathematics, math, math miracles uh, that that they'll be able to pass. So it's really just, you know, I guess, uh, uh, luck and faith that they could play with because um, at this point, yeah, they are capable of winning. They are, um, you know, they have good players. They, they've had good runs um, and, you know, you know, you think that now with this break uh, in 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 the in the apertura and you know um, finishing and and having that kind of momentum of you know where we won and we're the champions, you would think that they would transfer that into this other competition. But you know, Libertadores is a whole different game. It's a different stage. It's a different mentality, and um, I guess they just haven't had the the you know the math and the, and the and the equation to just get to together. Um, as for Cerro, you know it's been a difficult year for them as well. Started off rocky again. Um, they couldn't get to 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 the apertura. Uh, you know near near the 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 winning uh, of this uh, competition. And now with the Libertadores, it's just so hard for them to to. Um to get it together, um you know, like you said hopefully with with Dominguez that he'll uh bring back some kind of luck and some kind of uh different um uh, uh, something different for this team that they they're needing you know it's it's been such a, a, a rocky uh couple of past months for them i just I just don't see them continuing this competition and hopefully you know they'll just get a break now and and focus until the next uh clausura and, and and maybe they'll get that and they'll focus on, on that because um you know libertadores is so so hard to, to continue to play in that and I, I at this stage as last place in the in the group stage I don't I don't see them uh going through
2: is it is a tough situation because I think what Maria mentions it's by winning and going into Sudamericana. It's like a consolation prize. And is it then a distraction? But the reality is the money is still so important, right? So even just by winning tonight, not only would they, sorry, not tonight, on Thursday, not only would they get to Sudamericana and get more TV money, but you get $300,000 or something just for winning a game. So there's... There's so much at stake because I, I, they've just sold... We talked about Cecilio Dominguez coming in. They've just sold uh, Robert Morales to Toluca, so he's not going to be playing. And I don't know how much his salary, his kind of um, fee was, but in the end, like $300,000 just for winning a game becomes very interesting for, for Paraguayan clubs. So th- there is a lot at stake when you think of it that way. But I don't know... It, 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 Cerro just in such a bad moment. It, it's really hard. I mean, the, they won against Libertad, which is kind of this this really strange game that they managed to beat Libertad. But between that, they've lost. I was just looking here. They're like whew, three, four, five, six. They, they've lost their other, lost or drawn their other seven games. So they have one win in eight. I mean, it's not looking good. If for really for Sava, like who i think when he came in he did quite well he, he built from the base that chikiase had and they started to get some nice results they were playing much more exciting football i thought so it was getting it was getting interesting but now you start to think well he's achieved he's ended up achieving basically the same as chikiase in the league coming second and now they they're not going to qualify for the next round of libertadores which they did manage last year um so really, there's a lot of pressure, I think, on Savar as well. Of, of Is he really the right person to take them forward? And a lot, yeah, there's, there's a lot riding on this game. There's a lot happening. Like we say, Morales has just left. So you have players that, are, you know, you have players that are going. You have people coming in because it's the offseason. We were saying before, it's a weird week. So there's so much like going on that doesn't maybe even let you focus on what you have to do, which is, which is go to Guayaquil and beat... A, a pretty decent Barcelona team. I think we've we talked about it before. Barcelona did they managed to beat Cerro 4-0 not so long ago. They they play good football. They are, I would say, much more organized to compare to Cerro in terms of and where they are at club, cl- you know, like the club's kind of process at the moment or cycle. So it's, it's a really tough, tough match for, for Cerro and the end. There was a time, I think, where you would assume when a Paraguayan team plays outside of Argentina, Brazil, Uruguay, you would expect them to win unless it's at altitude or, or you would you would put them out there. But but now this game is not at altitude, it's in, in Guayaquil. But you still wouldn't suggest that, oh, just because it's an Ecuadorian team, Paraguay will win because actually <laughs> Ecuadorian football has, has improved so much in the last kind of five to ten years. That I don't think this is a this is a given at all, and and like I say, Cerro come into it in such bad form, and and you're wondering like where are they going to find that spark, where are they going to find that motivation or inspiration, to say that they can do this and they they will win this. So it's, it's a really really tough one. Uh, I'm, I'm being a bit negative because I was a bit negative about <laughs> about Libertad and now Cerro as well. But it's just hard to it's just hard to see because of the form they they've been in. That's that's I guess where I want to get to is. Is the Bolivar loss the um, well the Bolivar loss at altitude maybe was was more expected, but the Bolivar loss at home the the draw with Tahuarín just at the end of the season when you were hoping that would be your rebound or your follow on from having beaten Libertad, like they just haven't managed to get a run of games together where they play well, so is is it's looking very difficult.
0: Yeah, I think it looks very bleak as well. And, and honestly, even going for the for the real quick, obviously Guarani will be playing. Uh, they're still they're still on top. They're still top of the uh, the this. Uh, There's the so many kind of group with Benue, and Udukhan, but one point separates all four teams um, separately. So you know, obviously they definitely need to get a result at home against Khan and and certainly for them to. To qualify so we'll be keeping an eye on that as they'll be played tomorrow at the time of recording. So I guess I guess to, to get the, your final thoughts here from all you guys, I guess just real quick. Um let's go from each of the clubs and just give like a, a a bold prediction for each. Um for Olympia. I'll go to Ralph first. Where do you see them finishing in their group first or second?
2: Uh I I think they will come first. I think they'll win against Bella.
0: Maria?
1: Same, I think the first uh, in their group, so hopefully' a win for them
0: all right. for Lireta, do you see them qualifying to the Lira orders round sixteen, going to the Sueminiicana or being eliminated? By the way, I also say Olympia go first in that one. So for Lita, where do you see the Maria in or out?
1: I'm gonna say it's gonna be a surprise, one of those miracles at the end, and um they'll they'll go through
0: to so the round sixteen of Lita orders, okay? Wow. Uh, Ralph, what do you say? Do you do you agree with her on that one?
2: Mm, I think what we're going to see is no, but it's going to be really close. They'll probably win, but only by one goal. I can see, if you guys remember, they played Junior de Barranquilla, and it was like this toe-to-toe, and I think it ended like 4-3. I can see like a 3-2 or something tonight.
0: I think they will go to the Suomenicana. They won't have enough as well, so I think they'll they'll still qualify and and go to a different competition but i don't see them going into the um to the round of 16 of the earth i for cedro in or out do you see them making it to the uh, Sovenicana or not uh, ralph i'll go to you on this one uh, this is
2: the this is the hardest one for me because i think they might just dig it in i i think yeah i think they're gonna somehow dig it for all my negativity but they, they'll manage to do it and They'll almost prove me wrong, even though I'm saying they're going to do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maria, what do you say?
2: Um,
1: I think I think they'll, they'll just go to the to, Sudamericana. To I don't see, it's, I feel like it's a little too hard for them to get out of the stage.
0: Yeah, I'm going to be a bit negative here and say that they won't get the result needed. And they will, unfortunately, you know, after so much hype given to them at the start, they'll go finish dead last and not qualify. So that's uh, my negativity on that. And and uh, finally for, for what I mean, you know, they're still in the position to to qualify. Um Ralph, I'll go to you on this one. Where do you see them? First, second, or out of it completely?
2: No, I think I think I see them through I, yeah, I think they could win actually against Huracán. I watched them play Huracán the away game in Argentina. And and although they, they didn't win, I, I liked in patches what they were doing. And and I think I, I enjoyed Guarani at the moment. I think they're they're a good team. They're they're an interesting site. So yeah, I, I think they'll go through and and hopefully first.
0: Uh, Maria, do you agree with Ralph on that one?
2: I
1: do, I do. I, I think that um they've they've had a a good couple of runs of games and um they'll probably go through in this stage as well.
0: I agree. I think I think they do end up winning, by the way, and then finishing up and going to the round of 16, which, again, would be a a huge thing for them economically as well. Um, So definitely keeping an eye on that. And so hopefully all our predictions are right or sometimes wrong uh, to see all the Paraguayan teams do well this week in the Lira Torres and the as We switch gears now to what has been happening on the national team level because we did see a friendly between uh paraguay they only played one friendly in this kind of june fifa break usually teams play around two games but they played uh one against uh nicaragua on father's day no less on on uh, june 18th and it was a free game by the way because you know because of father's day the entrances for the game at the Defensores de chaco were free and it was a very early game i think 10 30 10 a.m um kickoff time and it was a really interesting game because you did see a a Paraguay side that kind of set up differently under Guillermo Guillermo Varas uh, you know, certainly you had the all the expectation given on the likes of Enciso and so Almiron, but you did see a, a debut for Juan Cáceres of, of Racing of Ola Nusa at the time, the um, the Argentine-born naturalized Paraguayan, another one given to of you also did see the likes of brian ojeda with Matias villasanti in that midfield Matias rojas uh it all and and also kili rojas uh, santiago rojas the goalkeeper starting instead of Anthony silva and you saw them facing off in a 4-4-2 and ralph i mean they ended up getting the win on the day maybe not as convincing as you would say taking on a team that's like in uh, around the the 150 mark in the fifa ranking but they did get the win it's a morale boost, uh, two goals, a goal from Almiron in the 62nd minute and Valbuena finishing off in the 78th minute. The man of the match, though, has to go to someone who just recently is going to be uh, moving his side from Saudi Arabia and going to the UAE, and Ralph can give a bit more information about that, but that is Gaku Romero, Alejandro Romero Gamara, again, becoming so vital to this side. It doesn't matter if he was playing under Scalotto or Berizzo. He just seems to be someone that, is very much in form at the minute. I think like I, I think I saw a stat or like in 10 games with, with Paraguay, he's been involved in six or seven of them where he's gotten a goal or an assist. So here he is with two assists coming in as a substitute game mm-hmm. and in the 60th minute. And he kind of changed everything here on out with, with a with two assists in 18 minutes. So this is something that I think moving forward is going to be an interesting case to see what Guerrero Varas Caloto can kind of tackle on. Um, come qualifiers in the next few the next few months
2: yeah yeah that's uh that's the point I think you just made at the end that he came on as a substitute and and really changed the game in that. and yeah that's i mean how much do you learn from this game like you were saying Nicaragua were very low down in the rankings, Paraguay were expected to win, of course it was at home it was a packed crowd so that the free entry was a really good idea, I think from that BFA. but but yeah, how much do you learn and one of the things I guess you we have learned is that paraguay do struggle when they have the ball we saw this with beriza right like beriza got them very organized at times but then when they had the ball they were like "Ooh, what do we do what do we kind of do with it and and good teams were able to to kind of play against that i think ecuador was a good example in Quito where they kind of said okay you know have the ball, see what you can do and then and then ecuador like hit them on the on the break so it was good to see well when we have the ball the kind of player we need on the pitch is someone like Kaku that can actually then be so incisive that, that we can cause goals. And that's also been another thing that Paraguay has struggled with because they've wanted Almiron to be that player for a long time. And I think Almiron, even at Newcastle you're seeing, he's not a playmaker in that kind of traditional sense. They have they they have like Guimares and people that that are doing some of that work. But what he is, Almiron can be is a great runner and finisher and and in transition he's so important but what do you do when when you're building up play? And So that's where Kaku comes in and he was the he got the most assists in the the Saudi Pro League uh, which is why he's earned this kind of big move to Alain which is strange that he's leaving Saudi Arabia Maria said I left uh, Miami when Messi's going right and he's leaving Saudi Arabia when everybody's going but he gets to play Champions League football now with Alain and he I mean, they paid his clause. He had a release clause, and and of course they paid it because he did so well. And remember that Kaku got a really bad ACL injury, so he was out for like a year, which was in the some of those key qualifying games. And so that's why they missed him towards the end of the uh, Paraguay missed him towards the end of the qualifiers because of that that injury. So it's good to see him back. Uh, it was. I thought Mati Rokas. He he came in and he replaced Rokas. I thought Mati Rocas played quite well, but he didn't have that. He didn't quite have that incisiveness that that Kaku can bring you. So um, I think that's exciting. It was great to see Julian Ciso play in Defensores del Chaco. That's his first game for Paraguay uh, in Defensores del Chaco, and he was doing the Julian Ciso kind of thing of trying to take everyone on score from distance. But that's. But he can do that because we've seen he does it against Manchester City and Chelsea. So why not try his luck against Nicaragua? He didn't get a goal, but uh, he still had a had a good game. And for Almiron, I think it was really important. Like Almiron scores a goal because one thing he hasn't been able to do for Paraguay is score enough. That goal, I think, takes him to seven, maybe, with the national team, and he equals Richard Ortiz. And Richard Ortiz's first goal for the national team was from left back. So, I mean, it's not... Yet, a great record. So I think that's also was nice to see, well, if he can translate some of that form at Newcastle that saw him actually you know making goals and assists, if he can bring that back to the national team, then suddenly it gets a bit more exciting from September.
3: yeah, it's, uh, it was thankfully, you know they won. I'm surprised they they couldn't get more goals here and there, um, you know, maybe and CSO goal, like you were saying. But yeah, they did get the job done, and um, it was a friendly. Um, you kind of get to see how the team um, is playing together. Their, their, you know, their, um, their, how, how they communicate with each other. You, you get to see that uh, with these friendlies. Um, I would have, I would have liked to see another friendly, maybe with someone with another team that you know, we get to play a lot more with, uh, more often in the, in the, in the qualifiers, but you know, it is what it is. Um, and from now on, it's just, it's hard. If they have to get to, to, to work and continue to, to improve because uh, the qualifiers are, are around the corner and they need to qualify this time to the World Cup. You know, they'll be, you know, they'll be here hopefully in the U.S., Canada, Mexico um, in the next three years. So um, I just think that, you know, having younger players, like, like I always say, is, is one of the keys because, you know, in three years, some of these, some, some players might be a little too old and might be um, out of fumes. So, so you know, having um, players like Enciso and Almirón, is a, such a great idea. And, and I'm glad, like you guys said, I'm glad that Amirón was able to get um, a goal. Hopefully he gets a goal in an important game. Um, you know that's the key word there. So yeah, I'm just I'm I'm happy to see that that there's a a, a good connection with these players. Um, the coach I think is is finally seeing what um what works best for 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 the team. Um, you know I think that uh, you know a, a playing with uh someone like Nicaragua not to. Not to lower their their quality, but you know, I just um, I, it was kind of like a given to to win against them. So, but uh, we'll see what what's in store for them next next time around. Um, I'm not sure when then first qualifying game. September,
0: is. It's September against Peru. Uh, the first I was just going into that the uh, the first games. There's uh there's six qualifiers that they play and for the remainder of the game two in September, two in October into November so they got Peru at home Venezuela away then they go to October Argentina away Bolivia at home and then Chile away and Colombia at home so yeah I mean this it's like it goes right there like literally there's not there's no more time to to prepare for that so I think you know certainly like you said I agree and I think players like Inciso like Almiron, like Gomez you know him as well as has kind of been the the factor where now this is it like they have no chance to 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 mess up especially now in a qualifiers where they get an extra spot no, in, in, in theory two extra spots because you know it used to be four automatic now it's six automatic and one extra spot uh for a, a playoff so for them it's even more of an obligation to go and uh yeah let's we'll, we'll definitely be reviewing it here we got literally like i said it's already july and then we'll, we're just two months away from, from the start of qualifiers. So we'll be talking out here on Guarani Vision. As always, a really good episode for myself, Roberto Rojas, Maria Britos, and Ralph Hanna. Thank you so much for listening in. See you soon.